Hey guys, if you're listening to this podcast, we invite you to check out our website at dead-celebs.com. Welcome to the Dead Celebs podcast. Tonight is episode six, and we're going to talk about Miss Brittany Murphy. Welcome to the Dead Celebs podcast with your hosts, Brent Novak and Tana Satterley. Hi, Tana. How are you? Hi, Brent. I'm good. How are you? Good, 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 good. So tonight we're going to talk about Brittany Murphy. Just like I said, thoughts on this young woman? Just that she was full of life, very talented actress, like many Hollywood celebrities, just wanted to be loved. All right, we're going to kick off our segment, Are They Alive or Are They Dead? And basically the segment goes like this. We're going to show you, we're going to talk about some celebrities. Tana is going to guess if that celebrity is alive or if they are dead. Here is Lindsay Wagner. Wagner is best known for her leading role in American science fiction television series, The Bionic Woman, in which the, she portrayed character Jamie Summers. Tana, is Lindsay Wagner alive or dead? I think she's alive. You are right. <laughs> Okay. Lindsay is 74 years old. Awesome. Off to a really great start. Let's see if you get all six. Can you get all okay. six? This is Lee Majors. He portrayed, just kind of staying in that same vein, the character of Heath Barkley in the American television Western series, The Big Valley, uh, Colonel Steve Austin in the American television action series, The Six Million Dollar Man, so we're staying with that theme, was also the star of the TV series, The Fall Guy. Is Lee Majors alive or dead? I am going to guess that he has passed. He's alive. He's 84 years old. Oh, good for him. <laughs> he, is, he is alive and kicking. So Good, good. So far, we have two people that are alive. They're both related to 70s TVs, and, and mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's kind of the direction we're going today. Okay. Aaron Morin. Uh, she played Joni on The Happy Days and also Joni on Joni Loves Chachi, the spinoff TV show. I ask you, Tana, is Erin Morin, is she alive or is she dead? I think she's dead. She's dead. She died April 22nd, 2017 of throat cancer. Mm. I do not have the age that she passed away in front of me. I did forget to put that on, but she did pass away in 2017, oh. so... Yeah, bummer throat cancer. That's oh yeah. I know. On to more 70s, 80s TV. This actor is John Forsythe. He was a producer, narrator, drama teacher whose career spanned six decades. He also starred on the TV show Dynasty. Is John Forsythe alive or dead? I'm gonna guess that he's alive. He's Ed. Oh. April 1st, 2010, he died at a ripe old age of 92 oh. years old. Oh my goodness. He would be really old if he were still alive. <laughs> he would be 104. Yeah. Okay. Not Forsyth, 104. He would look like, oh, yeah. 
I'm not doing well tonight. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. And it actually is funny if you get them right or get them wrong. So yeah. Jacqueline Smith, she had a line yes. of clothing with Kmart. She's mm -hmm. best known for her role as Kelly Garrett in the television show Charlie's Angels. And she was the only original female lead to remain with the series for the complete run. Is wow. Jacqueline Smith alive or is she dead? I feel like I remember something in the news about her, but I think she's alive. Yes, okay. she's alive. Yay. She is 70, 77 years old. Wonderful. Today. Yay. Yes. One last one as we, uh, we flew through the alive or dead segment. His name is Richard Klein. He's American actor best known to play Larry Davis on the sitcom Three's Company. He was Jack's best friend. Oh, wow. Do you remember him from that show? In the Regal Beagle? I, I don't think that I do. I mean, I remember all the main characters, but I I don't remember him. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to guess that he's dead. He's alive. He's 79 years old. Oh, good for him. He's alive <laughs> and kicking. So there you have it. There's some 70s, okay. 80s TV show, including... Uh, Lindsay Wagner, Lee Majors, Aaron Morin, John Forthite, Jacqueline Smith, and Richard Klein. And that's uh, that's that's of today's date, which is August 24th, 2023. Check out our sister podcast, Talk Murder to Me. Step into the captivating world of true crime with an unexpected twist of humor. With John's compelling narrative and Jen and Nicole's amazing banter, this podcast offers an entertaining and unique approach to true crime storytelling. Talk Murder to Me can be found on any podcast platform, also streaming live Saturdays on YouTube. All right, so our next segment is the celebrities that passed away in June of 2023. We're going by the month. This is episode six, and the sixth month of the year is June. Oh, dang you! Today's date is August 24th, and we're going to start out this young lady. Betta St. John. She was an actress known for playing Lita in the original Broadway production of South Pacific and for starring alongside Cary Grant in Dream Wife. She was born Betty Jean Striegler in Hawthorne, California. She acted in many films, including Corridors of Blood, The City of the Dead, The Naked Dawn, and many different Tarzan films. She died June 23rd at age 93. South Pacific is such an iconic play. Yeah. That's something to remember. You know, awesome. Remember. Gonna wash yeah. that man right out of my hand. <laughs> John Ramita Sr. Back in the 1960s, Ramita took over for Steve Ditko as the artist on Spider-Man. He really propelled Peter Parker status as Marvel's most iconic superhero. Ramita then became Marvel's art director for decades, a position that allowed him to help design subsequent Marvel creations like Wolverine and Punisher. His son, John Ramita Jr., became a celebrated comic artist in his own right. Ramita Sr. died June 12th of natural causes. Cynthia Wheel. She is an award-winning songwriter. She built a career co-writing hits with her husband, Barry Mann, who is responsible for songs such as On Broadway, Uptown, and Here It Comes Again. She and Mann co-wrote The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, which has been credited as one of the 20th century's most played songs on radio and television. Wheel also co-wrote Somewhere Out There, the Oscar-nominated track from An American Tale. She died June 1st at the age of 82. 
This man is the Iron Sheik. I'm not going to try to pronounce his actual name, but he is a pro wrestler, <laughs> better known as the Iron Sheik. And he made mm -hmm. his World Wrestling Federation debut by winning the first ever Battle Royale at New York's Madison Square Garden in 1979. He also partnered with Nikolai Volkov, <laughs> and the pair became tag team wrestlers in the 1980s. They continued to make sporadic appearances on the WWF and its successor, the WWE, for decades. He was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. He died June 7th at age 81. For wrestling fans out there, I believe it's on HBO. They have a documentary on him called The Iron Sheik, as his oh. name. And if you follow wrestling or know somebody that does, it's quite good. Pat Robertson. He was a controversial religious television personality, best known as the face of CBN's The 700 Club talk show. The 700 Club allowed him to build an audience around the nation and welcome guests like Jimmy Carter and Donald Trump. Though he was popular with his religious base, Robertson also co-founded the Christian Coalition and drew heavy criticism during his life for his radical views, including fierce condemnations of abortion, feminism, and homosexuality. He died on June 8th at the age of 93. All right. Last but not least, Oscar winner Alan Arkin, director, producer, and author, died at 89. His storied career spans more than 65 years and includes standout performances in Catch-22, The In-Laws, Edward Scissorhands, Gross Point Blank, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, The Pentagon Papers, Argo, The Kaminsky Method, and his Academy Award-winning role in 2006, Little Miss Sunshine. That is not where I remember first seeing him. The very first movie I distinctly remember seeing Alan Arkin in was Indian Summer. It's a great movie. These adults come back to this camp that they were friends with when they were young. That's how I remember seeing him. He was Uncle Lou, I think, in that movie. I never heard of it. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. And that's it. As of August 24th, that is the celebrities that died June of 2023 and now we are going to get into miss Brittany murphy what a crazy story this is where do we even start with Brit Brittany? wow i mean i just kind of see her as like a firecracker you know i mean that's kind of how she seemed in some of her movies she just always seems so bubbly and and happy and just very sad. She attended a school of dance and a theater art school in New Jersey before she moved to LA. She started singing and dancing and acting like from the age of four. They moved to California when she was 13. Dad's not really in the picture for most of Britney's life. No, her parents divorced when she was about two years old and Oddly enough, she was born with her father's last name, but somehow along the way, her mother left it off of her birth certificate. So Murphy is her mom's maiden name. Like she was an only child, obviously just raised by her mom and her mom never remarried. Her, her father's name was say Angelo Joseph Berlotti. Yes. There you go. He does come back into play later on. At the end. You know, mm -hmm. At the end. At way, past the end. Past the Brittany's end. He's gone. Yeah. He's going to cause some uh, mm -hmm. some disturbance as they investigate Britney's death. So they move to Los Angeles and she starts booking some things. Her very first television role was in 1990 on Blossom. Sounds like she does an episode of Frasier, mm -hmm. Party 5, Boy Meets World, Sister, Sister. And um, Kids Incorporated. She was... <laughs> She was part of Kids Incorporated? Yes, oh, yes. I didn't know that. Had her breakthrough role as Clueless. Pretty decent cast breaks out of that movie. Absolutely. Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd. 
Donald Faison is also in that. He is yes. uh, the black guy, from, well, obviously the black guy from Scrubs. Clueless does very well. There's a movie in 96 called Freeways with Reese Witherspoon, Keith Sutherland. She also does a movie called Bong Water. Are you familiar with any of these? You know, I think I briefly saw the one with Reese Witherspoon. That one was not really a popular movie. Not something I had heard of before researching Brittany Murphy, actually. So Girl Interrupted really shows Brittany's chops. It really does. Yeah, that came out in 1999. Also starring Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie. Brittany plays a mental patient in a mental hospital. And what I remember most about about that role is that her character would only eat like this whole chicken and then you would find the carcass under her bed. Her nurses would get so upset with her because since that was all she ate, her digestive system wouldn't really process that very well. So she... Oh my gosh, I don't remember any of that. I'm going way off here, but she would get really backed up and she'd be in so much pain. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> well, it was just a character, right? It wasn't it was actually Brittany Murphy Absolutely. not able to yes. shit. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, she was a great, it was a great role for her. She, she's very talented. Yes. Well, a side, a quick side note, because my sister listens, her husband won't eat chicken and he won't eat fish. That's the first thing I thought of is, is oh. the weird, weird uh, diet habits of certain people. 2001, she was in a movie called Don't Say a Word with Michael Douglas. But here's the kicker. It came out on 9-11. So yeah. many others, I'm sure, I don't even remember the movies. Also in yeah. 2001, she was in a movie called Riding in Cars with Boys. It's starring Drew Barrymore. And she plays Drew Barrymore's best friend. And she actually, some people wanted her to be the lead character. And she auditioned for that role, but the producers wanted Drew Barrymore. So she she ended up being her best friend. And then in 2002, Eight Mile. She's a dirty, sexy character who okay. entices herself to Eminem. And Eminem is a street rapper. And it's actually somewhat based on reality and how he came up. Oh, um, just rapping in Detroit. He was so oh. talented and winning all these rap battles that that's when Dr. Dre noticed him and, and signed oh. him on. Just imagine that coming from, I mean, taking away a little bit away from Britney for a second. But, you know, yeah. Eminem is, has nothing and your mom is a drunk yeah. and you get noticed just for doing that and it changes wow. your whole life well uh, funny tidbit in eight mile this is where he taught her how to give the finger <laughs> she, she didn't know how to give the finger she did not apparently so yeah. next in 2003 just married with ashton kutcher they actually dated briefly it was a great movie did you see it i did a long time ago it's a lot yeah. of fun and around that time, Roger Ebert comes out and says that he compares her to a Lucille Ball. I did see that. Yeah, I thought that was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also that year, Uptown Girls with Dakota Fanning. Fun tidbit is Brittany actually bought all of the jewelry that she wore in this movie. It meant something to her. Um, In 2004, she was in a movie called Little Black Book with some big names, Holly Hunter, Kathy Bates. It was was a really cute movie. Chick flick, but very cute movie. Uh, You may have seen this. I haven't. In 2005, Sin City. Yeah, Sin City is based on a a comic book slash graphic novel. Robert Rodriguez was the director on it. Kind of a film noir, comic book style, CGI kind of movie, but cast is, again, amazing. A ton of talented people throughout her career. Ashton Kutcher, Drew Barrymore, 
or Bruce Willis to yes. just name a few. She is a legitimate superstar by 2000. Fuck. Mm -hmm. In fact, in 2006, speaking of all-star cast, she was in Happy Feet with Elijah Woods, Robin Williams, Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman, and others. But those were the top ones that I saw. And I didn't know this, that she was one of the voices on King of the Hill. Yes, Luann. So Britney can sing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Was quoted one time as saying, was at a crossroads at one point in her life as a young person had to decide whether or not she wanted to pursue acting or singing. I mean, it was kind of like a best of both worlds because she pursued acting, but she was in a band on the side. Like she continued working on music, but she pursued acting. I mean, and who says you can't do both? Cause many people do both. Did, are you familiar with the story where she is at a wedding and I think it's her manager or talent agent. They are casting for Janis Joplin. Mm -hmm. They ask the woman getting married and she says to Brittany, go up there and sing because I want to submit you for this Janis Joplin role. She ends mm -hmm. up getting it, but the yeah. rights to the music fall through, which makes the movie fall through. And mm -hmm. she was way too, they even said too pretty to play Janis Joplin, but yeah. so relationships as her career is blossoming. We talk about Ashton Kutcher in Just Married, talk a little bit about Eminem. She was engaged to our talent manager, Jeff Kualtinitz. I think I'm going to, I think I may have not said, said that right, but the relationship mm -hmm only lasted four months. There was a production assistant she met on Little Black Book as well, but that didn't last yeah. too much longer either. Uh, four months as well. So she's in and out of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, we are approaching Simon time when she meets mm -hmm. this amazing man, Simon Monjack. You've got anything to say about Simon Monjack? Just that he was a very talented con artist. I mean, let's just call it like it is, right? Right. <laughs> He's talking up this movie that he made and it was, it's Oscar contention, blah, blah, blah. And he was at a party with another film director and this director is trying to get funds. So he wants this billionaire. He's never met a billionaire. He's trying to have dinner with him. He's trying to get some money from him, which everybody in LA is always, it's a money grabbing paradox of like, mm. who can help my career? Who can get me money? So it's a never ending battle of that, but there's, yeah. there's liars in there. So Simon Monjack is is prime example of that. So this director who had Monjack over for dinner sees this movie and they, I've seen clips of it and it looks like somebody did it with their VHS camera. It's mm. garbage, but he's able to swing, you know, his lies into getting what he needs and manipulating yeah. it. And I guess if you're driving a nice car and you have access to a nice house, mm -hmm. then. Um, well, and it helps when you find someone like Brittany who is extremely vulnerable and is just, you know, quoted as saying, I love being in love. Like she just wanted to be loved. She just wanted that male attention, obviously not growing up with her father. She was looking for someone to be her protector, knight in shining armor, I guess. <laughs> he can be charming. He can do all of this, like I said, conning to get her to fall for him. Seems to me that she was a very easy target. And that that's very sad. All right. So Sharon Murphy, in my opinion, does a great job of getting Britney in the spotlight gets her yes. the work and supports mm -hmm. her in that role. Mm -hmm. But from an emotional standpoint, I don't think she's stable personality and neither is Brittany. They're relying on each other, but they're both very emotionally weak in, yes. in a sense. At least that's how it looks yeah. as we go through the death and as we talk about it. Mm -hmm. And there is no strong figure and it doesn't have to be right. a man. It can be a woman in that strong figure, but it has to be somebody. Yes. And she's consistently looking for that. She can't find it. And here's this guy, Monk, that comes in and takes over this family. 
In fact, one of the things I read, there was a personal trainer that Simon approached to come in and to train him and Brittany. He's like, okay, yeah, you know, and I guess he reached out to her team and they were all like, she fired us. You have to go through Simon. And she didn't have a cell phone. She didn't have access to her personal email. He very much was controlling and controlled her life, every aspect of it. I think that that's where she began to lose herself. Under that heavy control of someone a few months before her death, she lost several parts, several roles in film because maybe Simon didn't like a certain thing or, and and he was, it, it was just very strange behavior that she was exhibiting. And Brittany was so much under his control that a person has to want to be out of that kind of situation to be helped. They they can't just be pulled out of it very easily. It's almost like being in a cult. Yeah. It really is. It's like he just comes yeah. in and it brainwashes really her basically. And, and brainwashes mom too. And they, mom too, which yeah. I thought was just so bizarre. That whole relationship with the three of them. Right. And even more bizarre after Brittany's death, which we'll yes. explain in a little bit. She breaks up with Mascalasso, which is the guy... Joe Mascalato Lasso in uh, December 2005. She dates him for a bit. Actually, they break up in 2006. Shortly after that, she meets Simon and they are married within a year in May yeah. of 2007. And that's quick. So Simon yeah. in just two years like destroys Britney's life because at this point, she's still a sought after actress right. and yes. people like her. Yeah. She's doing well. And so it doesn't, it doesn't take much, a good decision or a bad decision to ruin a career. You know, there was speculation that the reason they got married so quickly, Simon's visa was expiring. He was going to be deported. You know, who knows if that's the reason they did it. She fell hard and fast. He was very charming, very manipulating. It was, like I said earlier, I think she was just an easy target. I don't, I wouldn't immediately jump to, oh, it's because he was going to be deported. One of the heartbreaking things, real briefly, and Simon jumps in on this too, is in 2000, Brittany wants to audition and be a part of Coyote Ugly. And there was a producer that says, I would hug her, but I don't want to blank her using the F word in that spot. She starts looking at herself, tries to find her sexuality. Words can change people's life. And I know in this industry, especially it's very cutthroat. At the same time, you have to have a really rough, tough skin. And again, there's no one strong in Britney's life to say you're beautiful. I believe in you. Mom yes. is probably, oh my gosh, we need to get you more pretty. She just seemed like that yeah. person that was easily influenced to, to make a bad choice. Yeah. yeah. And so because of that, she dyes her hair blonde. Um, I mean, I think she looks great, whatever color her hair was. People's words can cause you to make decisions that are not necessary. And she looks, honestly, my opinion is she looks great both ways. It's yeah. just different. She just, it's she so she does reinvent herself. Simon Monjack is involved in their life. Very much so. We go back to her movies from 2007 to 2009 before her death. There are two to three movies that she is either a part of or gets fired from. Murphy completes a movie called The Abandon in June of 2009, released in 2010. That's the last movie she does. She also had to leave a production called The Caller, which was being filmed in Puerto Rico. For legal reasons, they had to say it was a mutual split. Rumors had it that Monjack was there. He's doing Britney's makeup. Her makeup's not good. That's so weird too. Why would she be okay with that? You know, like that's some serious 
hardcore brainwashing and manipulation on his part. What background does he have in doing makeup? You know, like that's just, it just doesn't even make sense. She was replaced in that film after only two days of filming. Like, how do you get everybody upset in two days? Exactly. Like, how do you do that? And, and here's a guy who was so used to BSing his way out of everything that he's BSing his way into everything. Well, if I sat there and said, I played in the NBA, I'm 5'11", I could have played in the NBA. Maybe, you know, John Stockton's my build. If I pick up a basketball, I better be able to do it, right? Right. So there's a difference between talking and yeah. actually having to do it. And there's, yeah. if he would have been smart, he would have had been more hands off. To be that controlling, not to want somebody to put makeup on her, even another woman, you know, that's... <sighs> This guy is a cancer. Everybody's warning her. Everybody is telling yes. her. He's also entwined with the most important person in Brittany's life, and that's mom. And um, to her, he can do no wrong. Brittany and her mom trusted his opinion on everything to a fault. You know, she needed that strong male figure in her life, too. By default, leaned on her daughter's husband. 8 a.m. on December 20th, 2009, the Los Angeles Fire Department responded at the home of Murphy and Monjack. She apparently collapsed in the bathroom, tried to resuscitate her. They can't. She died uh, at 10.04 after going into cardiac arrest. So just two hours after they arrived. So sounds like she's alive or they just declare her dead at 10 a.m. She may have been dead for much longer. You know, right away, the reporters, when they found out, they automatically assumed it was an OD. And they also attributed it to bulimia, I guess, because... At the very end, she was very thin. Part of her cause of death was anemia. She wasn't eating well. She was malnourished. The OD and bulimia, I think the reporters just were all over that. From an assumption standpoint, without knowing the facts, they do an autopsy right away on her. They say it's the cause of death was pneumonia and it's accidental and iron deficiency. Some drug issues are involved. I don't have a list of... So. Well, I think... A uh, several of them they found in her system, I think, were over-the-counter medications. The The movie The Caller that we mentioned earlier that was shot in Puerto Rico, they left about a month before she passed. And her mom and Simon both got sick. And they thought, oh, they just picked up something. But she didn't get sick right away. She did get sick later on. She had been ill the pneumonia, however that set in, you know, whatever else happened, she had not been feeling well. One thing I thought was interesting was within the last few days, uh, she had made an appointment with a doctor, but unfortunately she didn't make it. A lot of people saying, especially the controlling part, Simon not wanting to go to the hospital to go see a doctor, they were into holistic remedies. Then again, coroner came to their home and found like 90 prescription bottles in their bedroom. 90. I mean, what on earth? A little bit post-death, Simon <sighs> invites a reporter to the house and he doesn't touch anything in the bathroom and she videotapes bottles all over, all prescription bottles. Some of them have different names on them. Aliases. It's just a prescription. Yeah. So yeah. this whole holistic stuff is a bunch of baloney. Yeah. I don't know um, where that came from. As he's interviewed, Simon says she had a sore throat or her voice is hoarse. But mm -hmm. other than that, he didn't really notice anything. And then he recants that a little bit later and says she's been sick for a while. That is strange. It's weird. Part of me does feel like he was just afraid because he was so controlling 
he felt like I didn't let her go to the doctor when I probably should have. And maybe he was yeah. worried he'd get in trouble for that. There are some theories that since Brittany and her husband, Simon, died within a few months of each other, that it was because of mold in their home. Um, Inside Edition was doing an interview. They noticed plastic hanging from the ceiling, like there had been some work done on the house, possibly covering up mold. But I think that theory was shot because Sharon, her mom, lived there and she didn't get sick. Sharon never got sick. You're right. She never got sick, which leads to another conspiracy <laughs> that she poisoned them. Right. And I think that's highly unlikely. I think I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't know if I okay. believe it, but let's recap five months later. Simon Monjack okay. dies in yeah. the home the same way, kind of close to how Brittany died too. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the mold theory came into to play. He, he has acute ammonia as well. Devil's advocate, mom yeah. is the killer, right? Brittany says, mom, you're no longer allowed here. I want you out of our lives. I don't oh. want you here anymore. So she's like, okay, I have nothing. I lose the money. I lose the connection. My daughter, I lose everything. So then she kills the mom. And then Simon is maybe in such a phase that he's like, uh, you know, she does him the same way five months Mm. later. They're intimate, at least emotionally intimate. There's rumors that they might be sleeping in the same bed. We're talking about Sharon Murphy and Simon. Yes. Um, In fact, that interview that I was talking about, he showed the reporter around the house. The reporter noticed the bed had been slept in both sides. He fully admitted to it. Yes, Sharon sometimes crawls into bed and we cry together. Right. How weird is that? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it it's weird, but if they wanted to do it, they're adults. Like, it's not cousin. Yeah. I, I get it. I, I, it's yeah. weird. I'm not disagreeing with you, but also like, whatever. They're both lonely and they're both sad. I get it. Yeah. Maybe if you, if you want to tie and I don't even know if I believe this. I'm like trying to convince myself. If you want to tie conspiracy into that of two people right. dying the same way, she got away with the first one and then mm. she gets away with the second man. It would be the Kaiser Sose moment. If you know, unusual suspects when, when uh, they're walking away, like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. It's far fetched. Mm. I'm just saying it is weird how they both do die at the same way. Unless Monjack killed her and then was under so much pressure and stress and said, you know, what i'm gonna end this too that could be a theory too because he would have been maybe caught or right well and see that one of the things he actually tried to set up a a britney murphy foundation and he was going to hold this memorial for her friends and family he was going to charge them to come to it in the name of the foundation And the press got wind of it and they were like, that's super sketch. So that kind of just disappeared and there wasn't ever a memorial in that way. And, you know, he was going to pocket the money. Like, that's what of they realized. Course. Yeah, right. Of course. Speaking it's of a- pocketing the money, we touched on this earlier with jewelry. So after Brittany passed, after Simon passed, Sharon, she looks around and she has Brittany's jewelry and she needs money. So she, she hands it over to the publicist they had been working with and says, hey, can you see if you can get some money from this? He comes back. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but none of it is real. I just have no words. When Sharon heard that, she said, so I guess there's no 
investments or property either. She knew, she realized Simon, within three years, he had spent like $3 million of $3 million right. of her money. And that they know of. Ugh. But what a great shell game. If you take somebody's money and say, we're, we're going to buy expensive things with this, jewelry yeah. is probably the one thing that you can make it look like you spend $50,000 yeah. on a ring that looks like it's nice. Looking at Facebook Marketplace once in a while, I'm not looking for a ring, but it just happens to pop up. I'm like, yeah. why do they only want $800 for that ring? It looks gorgeous because it's right. all cubic zirconium. So it's like how easily she's mm -hmm. not a jewelry expert. Neither of them are. They're just both strung out because I, mom looks strung out. I, I know she's still alive. I don't know where she is now. No idea. I didn't know. Really you didn't look into it either. Right after her death. And I think we had kind of mentioned this before there were interviews with her and Simon and their pictures. It looks like they are a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so very weird. But if we take a look at Brittany, and Brittany attaches herself to Simon based on needing a strong man. We're a lot like her parents. And I think yeah. that's where she got it from. And really like Sharon Murphy is probably at her lowest point in her life, especially if she had nothing to do with the murder, which we both kind of said that would be a really long shot. Another interesting person or persons of interest is the Bertolotti family. This is Angelo Berlotti, Brittany Murphy's biological father, and his two sons. One is Tony, and the other is Jeff. Tony and Angelo, the father, believed that Brittany Murphy was murdered. Some of the proof that they have, or some of the reasoning behind their allegations, one of the most significant factors that fueled Bartolotti's suspicion was a toxicology report conducted on Brittany Murphy's hair samples. The report allegedly revealed unusual high levels of heavy metals, including arsenic, which is not typically associated with pneumonia or natural causes. Bartolotti saw these findings as evidence of potential poisoning. You know, I would have to disagree with that because a lot of the videos that I watched about the toxicology report, many doctors could fully explain that the heavy metals found in her hair was from hair dye. Who would really have a motive to poison her? That's one thing about the father and his allegations that he's he's all talk, but he, he doesn't have any proof. He doesn't specifically accuse anybody of this murder or these murders, the husband too. And so I think he's just all talk. I think he's blowing smoke. The way her disease was sudden and severe, she became very sick very quickly, based on her age especially. None of this was explained by the Los Angeles coroner's office. A couple things that I find interesting, I'm going to go against you a little bit, is that one, there was an interview with Bartoloni at the home location where I didn't know this, the house was actually torn down after both deaths and the new owner had this, which was fascinating to me that you could buy $5 million house and tear it down, right? Right. I saw that too. I was shocked. My gosh, the land in Los Angeles must be worth a lot. Yeah, it has to be. They talked to the investigative coroner's office. The interesting part about that was that they asked him, was there any poison found from the autopsy? And the coroner said, we do not search for poison unless there's a reason or someone says, can you search for this poison? So at no point was poison looked for. Uh, they don't the specifically look for poison. I did see that. I remember the interview with one of the medical examiners saying in order for them to pursue looking for poison, they would have to know a specific poison that the people were looking for. 
in order right. for them to test for. It's not like a blanket test they can run to check for any kind of poison. It, they have to be specific. It'd be impossible. There's too many different types of poison. So right. if you're willing to kill somebody, know that they're not going to check for poison. That's my point. In my mind, the hair follicles, you know, that they tested in these high levels of metals, she obviously had her hair dyed many, many, multiple, multiple times. Who's to say when different dyes and the combination and over years, testing the hair sample isn't enough. It, and one of the doctors even said, you have to have, you know, blood sample, tissue, you have to have, you know, bodily fluids. You can't base your allegation of poison on a hair sample. I can't agree with you more. That is, it is not enough evidence in the physical evidence to prove that she was poisoned. Right. But he does bring up speculation that there could be poison because we don't have proof there wasn't and that Monjack dies the same exact way. And he made a good point. If I was to tell you that both Brittany and Monjack would die the same exact way, I wouldn't bet a dime on that. Not a bad point. Yeah, he, he does have a point there. I think that if you look at Brittany in the last few months, year, whatever of her life, it was obviously she was losing weight. So in my mind, she probably wasn't eating well, eating healthy. She wasn't doing good things for her body. So this brings up our other brother of Brittany's, Jeff. He believes that she most likely had a disease called dysautonomia which is also called POTS. I do know a little bit about this disease because a friend of mine has it. And this syndrome is marked by fatigue, shortness of breath, dizziness, and severe tachycardia. So she had a lot of fast heart rate, the fatigue, a lot of those symptoms of POTS she exhibited. Her brother Jeff describes them and how he has dealt with them personally, as well as their aunt and their grandmother. So he believes it probably had a lot to do with her death. If you think about it, all of those symptoms in that syndrome coupled with maybe a flu or maybe her not eating well or not eating at all and just not taking care of her body as marked by the anemia that she was diagnosed with. I think that when you put all of that together, to me, it's clear. It, she just wasn't healthy at the time of her death. I don't see any motive or any reason why anyone poison her, but that's just me. What is your theory? You know, I, I've thought about that throughout this whole research. I think that she was sick. She probably did pick up some sort of bug. I think because she didn't get properly treated and because she was malnourished, it truly was pneumonia and anemia. And I really, in my gut, I don't think that there was any foul play. I don't think that Simon, I mean, she was kind of his meal ticket. So I don't think that he would want to get rid of that. Right. I, and I definitely, I don't think her mom had anything to do with it. I don't see her ever saying, you know, you can't be here anymore. Although mm -hmm. if pressured enough by Simon, maybe she would. I don't suspect foul play. I, I don't, I truly think that it was a tragedy, but it was something that should have easily been prevented. I am with you. I think that theory, especially once you mentioned she was the meal ticket, that's what connects me to is that chances are that what you said is right. If you were to put percentages on it, that's 85 to 95%. You yeah. probably got an 8% chance that Simon killed her and then killed himself. And then you've got a 2% chance that it was Sharon Murphy that killed them both, which yeah. is, you know, that should be a movie in itself and just change right. the names, you know? Yeah, um, for real. The only <laughs> thing it doesn't explain Mon Jack's death when he dies the same way. That is the biggest question mark in the building is why yeah. the, two die the same way. That is really the unsolved mystery. If she dies alone 
with everything we're talking about, yes, I totally agree with you. That one still still a mystery. Well, I have a few yeah. bits of trivia. All right, it's time for it's the first time ever Tana's trivia. <laughs> Just a few tidbits, you All know, right. to lighten the mood after this very sad, tragic death of Britney Murphy. The first thing is she bought Britney Spears' house and kept a lot of her old furniture. She also visited U.S. troops in Baghdad and Kuwait. In research, I really didn't find a whole lot more about that other than the fact that she did it. She was the lead singer of her 90s band, Blessed With Soul. <laughs> Not to be confused with Blessed Union of Souls. <laughs> she played the trumpet and piano. Her career idols were Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, and Diana Ross. So that's my trivia. I like it. Tana's Trivia Tidbits. It's yeah. The new, new segment. So that's your responsibility now. Okay. Well, we may not have fun things like that for every person. So now we have some quotes from Brittany Murphy. I lost my virginity in a car, but it wasn't a very nice one. I'm assuming she's talking about the car, right? Yeah. Having a very nice car. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. True beauty comes from within, but if surgery makes you feel better about yourself, go for it. I happen oh. to feel the same way. Oh Although God. I have not had any surgery, by the way, just to let you know. And this, I think, describes Brittany a little bit. I have always seen myself as one of those show people. My earliest memories are wanting and needing to entertain people, like a gypsy traveler who goes from place to place, city to city, performing for audiences and reaching people. That's very nice. And the next one is very sweet. Home is where my mom is. I feel a little connection to that. Wherever my mom would be, that would be my home. That's sweet. Everybody has difficult years, but a lot of times the difficult years end up being the greatest years of your whole entire life if you survive them. Brittany Murphy, I would like to be happy and healthy and live as long as possible. Sadly, she did not. That's the life and death of Brittany Murphy. Tragic, interesting, and tragic at the same time. Tana, where can people reach you? You can reach me by emailing me, Tana at dead-celebs.com. And my name is Brent, and you can reach me at Brent at dead-celebs.com. You can also see what podcasts we've done, our bios, and everything else you need at dead-celebs.com. Com. Also, email us and let us know who you would like to hear us talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we would love to hear them. Yeah. So that's it. That's our show. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great night and we will see you next time. For a legal disclaimer, please visit www.dead-celebs.com. The Actor Factor brings the industry knowledge to you firsthand from professionals, including working actors, directors, managers, and more. Find it anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please reach out. Help is available. Dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline.